I'm Jim Lowe, and I'm arts editor of the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Each week, I travel the state hearing, watching, enjoying the best Vermont has to offer in the arts, and I try to put it together and deliver it to you. It all culminates with the Vermont Arts section every Saturday in the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. This is uh, George Nostrand, and I'm here with Jim Lowe via phone, and we're going to take a look at the upcoming Vermont Arts section. Uh, what are we looking at this weekend, Jim? Well, we're looking at one of Vermont's big stars, Rusty DeWeese, better known as the logger. Right. And he is an old friend of mine, and I've known him since he was a theater person. Anyway, he's bring, bringing his tiny town hall tour to West Rutland on February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. Right. And Rusty's apparently making this up close and personal. It's besides the fact that he's just a genuinely entertaining person mm -hmm. and he has great stories to tell. Mm -hmm. He's also a pretty good country musician. Yeah. Uh, guitarist. He also plays drums, but I don't think he's going to be doing that in this one. Um, and he's quite good at it. Mm -hmm. And basically, Rusty is a first-rate showman. Mm -hmm. And one of the little things I'll throw in as a critic here is he's at his best when he ad-libs. Interesting, yeah. So he, he's genuinely funny. Mm -hmm. Before we, we officially started, you were telling me just a little bit about his theater background. Can you, can you tell me about um, what you were saying? Well, Rusty actually started with, as any genuine theater person did, he started doing some community theater. He did some theater in high school. He also worked, became part of a company called Vermont Repertory Theater with Bob Ringer, who was one of the best directors I've ever worked with. He unfortunately died of Parkinson's disease. But um, Rusty did a lot of work for him, but the most important probably was when he starred as Antoine the Logger in the premiere of Judavine, David Budbill's show. And that is where a lot of the character of the Logger comes from. And he... There's nobody like Rusty for the logger. Mm -hmm. And that was actually, though, not his own creation. He he had to be genuinely French-Canadian. He, he was marvelous. Mm -hmm. I also saw him in other shows like Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men, where he plays Lenny, the big guy. Mm -hmm. And he was brilliant in it. I mean, you know, so he did that. He also did commercials. Apparently, he did a national cornflakes ad, Kellogg's cornflakes ad. <laughs> he also did theater in New York. So then he came back to where he belongs. The logger comes actually from one of his first plays, though, which is kind of an interesting story. Yeah, well, he, he, it fit him well. He loves playing the Hick Vermonter. This is Jim from Bloodroot Gap. And you're listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps, the Vermont Arts Podcast, from the Barry Montpelier Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Well, 
Well, what else do you have uh, on docket this week? Uh? Well, another thing we've got going on is in central Vermont, Plainfield Little Theater mm-hmm. Company, which is an oddball community theater that does some of the best Shakespeare around. They've been doing Shakespeare for years and years, and the actors there, even though they're community theater actors, have so much experience, they're quite good at it. And Tom Blatchley, the son of Bill Blatchley, who founded Unadilla Theater, is directing his, I think it's his 13th Shakespeare play. He's doing As You Like It, which is the lightest comedy of the bunch. And uh, he's... The reason he's happy about doing it and the reason he is doing it is because he's found a Rosalind, which is one of the favorite roles of all actresses. Mm-hmm. And he found one, and she's splendid. So he says. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen her do it. I mean, I've seen her in action. I've seen her do Lady Macbeth even. And mm-hmm. uh, Sorsha Anderson is her name, and she's really good. So I expect that will be really fun. That's opening February 13th in Plainfield Town Hall. They do good Shakespeare. They make Shakespeare the kind of Shakespeare that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what else are we looking at for the section this week? Okay. uh, Dave Keller, who is a Vermont blues star with a national following. He, He does work in Nashville fairly frequently and other places, has a new album mm-hmm. called Live at the Killer Guitar Thriller. And he's celebrating that at Sweet Melissa's in Montpelier on February 9th, mm-hmm. which is this coming Sunday. Uh, Art Edelstein gives it a rave review. Mm-hmm. Of course, we like Dave, so right. we support him. He actually used to write for my section. Oh, cool. And then we have one other concert to talk about, and that is a young cellist who is a junior in high school, is playing the Schumann Concerto with the Vermont Philharmonic on February 15th and 16th. And what's neat about the story is how this young girl has been playing the cello since she was three. Of course, it doesn't hurt that her parents are fairly well-known Vermont professional violinists. Mm -hmm. The the young lady at the Vermont Philharmonic's name is Layla Morris. And as I say, she's a junior in high school. And she's taking on a formidable piece. And Lou Cosma, the conductor, says she's really good. So that should be really interesting on the weekend of the 15th and 16th. So that's a good start for what you're going to see in the section. But there's lots more, too. Great. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Jim. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll let you get back to finishing up your section. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Maura Smiley, and you are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus. Welcome to the second part of our podcast, where I, George Nostrand, podcast engineer, take over the mic to introduce you to local artists for our Works in Progress section. There are two quotes on Rusty DeWeese's The Logger website, one from 
Jerry of Ben and Jerry's, and one from former Governor Jim Douglas. I'm going to read Jim's quote here. Rusty has a keen eye for what makes Vermont such a special place. Through his stories and jokes, he conveys the heritage, intricacies, contradictions, and joys of modern life in the Green Mountain State. We should never take ourselves too seriously, and Rusty makes sure we don't. This week, I talked to Rusty Dewees about his character, The Logger, his tiny town hall tour, and other aspects of his career. As he mentions in the opening, he's fighting a bit of a cold, but guarantees he'll be in fine shape for this weekend's show. Make sure to pick up a copy of the Rutland Herald and read the interview with Janelle that runs in the weekend edition. Enjoy the podcast. Hello. Hi, Rusty. This is George Nostrum from the Rutland Herald. Hey, man. How you doing? I've <clears throat> I've been under the weather. I'm I'm fine now. If I cough, that's the reason why. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on and. Uh, um, I understand you're going to be in West Rutland this coming weekend, which is great. Yeah. And uh, so tell me a little bit about your idea behind this um, tiny town halls tour. <coughs> well, in essence, I've been doing that for my whole career as the logger entertainer mm-hmm. in Vermont. But uh, uh, you have all the social media and everything, and I'm all for it. Um, I'm not against it. I don't think it's ruining the world, but, uh, you know, it's just like anything you use it how you should use it. But the tiny town hall tour, George harkens us all back to the old days when there was only a tiny town hall Mm -hmm. in each town. There weren't any big theaters or gathering places and big gymnasiums and sports arenas and, and uh, an entertainer would come to town and yell from the wagon. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's going to be a show Tuesday night. Come on over. Mm -hmm. And people would go over and they would see their buddy and pal and, you know, a girlfriend's mother or whatever, and uh, it, it would be the community in that town hall. Now, as you know, around our area in Vermont and the Northeast, a lot of towns have put money and time into preserving their town halls. Mm-hmm. I happen to be a theater guy. I grew up doing theater. I happen to have a romantic thought of being in town halls. That's basically what I've been doing since I was about 12 years old. So I like the town halls. It's great that the the, uh, the communities put their time and effort into saving many of them and getting them up to specs for fire code and everything. So I'd like to utilize them. So I call a town mm-hmm. clerk and I say, do you rent your town hall? And they say, yeah, we'd love to have you here. And we have lights and you can put up the chairs. And mm-hmm. so I do that. And I ask if there's an organization in town that would like to make money off my show. Yes. Like the boosters or the senior class trip. Mm-hmm. And if they say, yeah, then what they do is they can they can be at the show and sell raffle tickets 50 50. Mm-hmm. they sell food they um uh get a couple bucks per ticket if they want to help me sell tickets too mm-hmm. plus they can sell sponsorships on my show the local lawyer the local pie maker mm-hmm. so uh, an organization can make thousands of dollars off my show coming into town and i offer that obviously it gets the whole community involved so what i'm trying to do is basically one community at a time very specific and uh, and uh, you know local and do do shows and and uh, get everybody out there and have a have a good time great that's awesome yeah um so i i, I i'm gonna tease you a little bit um, am i uh, actually interviewing rusty dewees or the logger or both when i'm talking to you 
Right. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. It's yeah. It's just me. I mean, the logger is like anybody's alter ego. The logger was a. I grew up, like I said, in theater, so I grew up from an acting background. And my first logger show that I had written was a I had an arc. It was like a play, and I didn't break the fourth wall. But now I do crowd work, and I talk to the crowd, and it's very intimate and cozy, and we all know each other. But so, so my thoughts, the things I say on stage, many of them are mine specifically, but many of them are mine, but also commentary from a characterization of a working class, mm-hmm. a working class uh, person. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're talking to me, I did something smart in this business. I always separated the two. You'll rarely see or hear a headline or a, or a in the newspaper or on the radio, uh, just the logger, you'll hear rust. I would always ask to be called Rusty Ruiz the logger. So mm-hmm. I had two, uh, two things that I could be recognized at, as. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. You've been playing this particular character for quite a long time. How do you keep it kind of relevant and interesting, especially in a, in a Vermont audience? 23 years. Well, you just have to keep wrote, you know, writing new material. And uh, I also added the guitar. I've actually mm-hmm. learned to play the guitar fairly well the last 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, that's a good question because as I've grown, I'm 59 years old now. And mm-hmm. When I first started, the, the first stuff I wrote, uh, all due respect, was really strong. It was strongly written mm-hmm. stuff. It was great. And I was always thinking, how am I going to, like, keep that quality up? I don't think, you know, that's like a one-off. That's mm-hmm. like that whole show but then i realized about 10 or 15 years later you don't have to what you do is you just grow and you see how you change and how your creative thoughts change and you just go with those because the fundamentals of performance and how you can um, present those thoughts that's what will make them interesting but it doesn't matter that the thoughts have changed and times change so literally that uh, dictates what your material is. It's different material than it was. You know, when I started it, uh, you you sound like you're a Vermonter guy. Mm-hmm. When I started 23 years ago, there were more Vermonter, Vermonter, Vermonter. Now, I was born in Philadelphia, so I'm not a Vermonter. There were more long-time third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation Vermonters alive and i illustrate that by saying if you move to certain towns in in vermont now and you get a landscaper to come you get a contractor to come and dig the hole or or you get people to to help you build the house you get workmen and women to come to your house many of them now are not vermonters Mm -hmm. 23 years ago pretty much if you moved up here from connecticut and you had some dudes building your house or you had, uh, you know, some ladies at the lunchroom, a cafeteria, or you had to, they were Vermonter, Vermonter, Vermonters back then. Yeah. So um, they're, they're not so much anymore. So that, that's gone, gone to the waste, you know, the wayside. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, in addition to doing stand-up, I know you've done, you've had a column, you've written a couple books, you've done theater. Um, what, is it, what is it like to, to write comedy versus perform it? It's a good question. For also, I don't know if you know, I was in New, I was in Manhattan for eleven years. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of movies, a lot of right. movies, movies too. Yeah, movies. sorry. And ten TV, uh, writing comedy to performing it. Boy, that's good. I actually teach a comedy class at People's Academy in Morrisville. Um, oh, cool. 
I got, I have this thing, George, where you're you're uh, you're a writer, <clears throat> where you know I wasn't good at school. I'm not a school smart person, mm-hmm. and uh, I I uh, I'm all for people who are school smart. I think it's the greatest thing. But I say that anything you write, you can't write wrong. When you can, if you're writing for your paper, you have an editor and publisher, you know. Um, but I say if you're going to go out there and try to, and, and to, to share your thoughts and feelings with with anyone, and you're writing that first, I say it's not, it's never wrong. If those are your feelings, I say I don't want to, and I would hope that someone doesn't want to write things in hope in hopes that those things are going to offend or hurt other people. That's where mm-hmm. you, you, you want to stay away from that. But so you can't write wrong. So I say, whatever, if you think something, if, if I'm driving down the road and I think something's funny or I see the little, little kid on the sidewalk and, you know, he splashes into a puddle and it goes up on the, the ladies. I think that's funny. <laughs> if, if I write, if I think that's funny, it is. Yeah. So then if you write it down, it's still funny. Now, mm-hmm. if you're going to take what you've written down on that paper about the funny thing you saw and make it funny enough that people who listen to it spoken back to them will laugh, mm-hmm. that takes a little bit of craft. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can. Right. You know, you just can't translate what your thought is, put it on paper, go in front of 400 people and have them tearing up laughter. I don't think that's a always a smooth smooth right. translation there so the, so i don't know what the difference is that's what your question is but so you you can write things down that are funny then there is a craft you have to craft them and there's pauses and there's timing what came before it and what's coming after it mm-hmm. what am i wearing and who who's the crowd where are they from how old are they it's going to be mixed crowd you know so mm-hmm. a lot of factors This is Eric King, and you're listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps, the Vermont Arts Podcast from the Barry and Montpelier Times Argus and the Rutland Herald. Um, you mentioned incorporating music, and I know I've, I've seen that you've played with a lot of really uh, super talented and uh, Vermont musicians. Um, what gave you the idea to start incorporating music into your act? Well, that was a... <clears throat> That's what I was first. I was a drummer, you know, in high school. And then I, I don't know if you know, back in the day, there were bands that would play at VFWs and weddings and things more so than now. I mean, now there's, there are more bands and musicians, but they're actually <laughs> legit. And, you know, but, um, so I played drums in the band. And mm-hmm. so I had that musical, musical background. And then when my, I asked God, my father was 50 when I was born and he went into a nursing home mm-hmm. when he was 92 and I was 42. And I literally, uh, I had played a D chord or a C chord back in my mm-hmm. teens when I was with a band and you'd be on break and the guy would hand you the guitar, but I was not a guitar player. I went and bought a guitar and I would go into the nursing home and start playing the three chord hymns for him mm. uh, poorly, but it doesn't really matter when you're playing. It's just, it's still music, you know? Mm. So I, and then, so I did that for him and then I would keep going into nursing homes. And I said to my friend at the time who I would carry in my play, he, his name was Don Como, and he was a fiddle player, close friend of mine. And I said, you know, someday I might be good enough at this guitar to, to play on stage, because he and I would play together at his house. And sure enough, I I like it enough that I practice enough, and uh, 
I got pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took some lessons, and I'm very um, interested in it, and I've continued it. And I practice and do all the things. You know, I, I play with people, like you say. So uh, I did think, oh, so so when I was playing the guitar, after about the first seven years of the lager, I said, how do, like you asked the question earlier, how do I keep this fresh for myself and other people? Well, I put a band in. I did. Uh, uh, I would start doing these lager holiday variety shows. Mm-hmm. Called up my buddies and said, "Hey guys, you want to play in this band? It'll just be kind of a, you know, we'll, we'll rehearse for three months and then we'll do 17 shows and that'll be it." They're like, "Yeah." I said, "The cool thing is, guys, you'll have a huge audience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be like you're going to be in the uh, the pub when there's 15 people there and right. stuff." five of them are drunk <laughs> so so they like that and yeah i got this patrick ross plays with me a lot now yeah, he's amazing well he's an amazing uh, player as yeah. you you said and he's also a good guy and he's yeah. also uh, talented on stage as an actor and i've written comedy bits for he and i and he's just unbelievably uh, talented at that That's cool. he's been on stage since he was five so mm. doug perkins so now yeah mm-hmm. so now i'm that's that's the music part of it, and yeah, every once in a while, you I'll get somebody that goes, "Hey, uh, went to your show in Randolph. That was good. I wish you'd just do the comedy, though. I, music's good, but I just <laughs> go for the comedy. So even with that, yeah. many people would say, "Hey, man, because I don't overdo the music. You're still paying to see me be funny. Right? That's why people come. Yeah. And then you put the music. That's like Alan Mode. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but uh, I have to be careful." Mm-hmm. You know, and part of being careful is putting some comedy within the music. Right. You know? So it's a business. It's a business. It's, 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 you know, it's Trump's state of the union. You know, you got to know how to do it. Right. <laughs> exactly. you know, or in Pelosi's ripping the thing, you know, it's right. all, it's showbiz, man. Right. Well, speaking of, speaking of that, uh, how do you either incorporate or avoid politics in your comedy in this day and age? Yeah, great, great question. I know Al is an easy answer. I'm not a political, even though I referred, I referenced that. Yeah. I usually like to watch the State of the Union, <clears throat> just in general. I'm not political either way. I, uh, but last night, being sick and everything, yeah. I, I watched it, so yeah. I've been just kind of on my mind. But um, and I do look at it from a performance presentation standpoint oh, more yeah. than policy. I, 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 my mind doesn't go there when I'm writing thinking things up mm. when i think things up i i think more about it would be funny to you know talk about the guy that's you know asks you paper or plastic at the supermarket yeah. you know that's more funny to me than, or more interesting and then you can make it entertaining and funny. so there's the one thing mm-hmm. the other thing is uh uh yeah there, there's the practical thing if i i'm not one way or another but you'd have to be careful presenting political stuff mm-hmm. because you don't want anyone i i don't want someone thinking i like rusty he's funny but he thinks that way politically and i don't agree with him there uh you just don't want to do that mm-hmm. too too much mm-hmm. but i also don't think i think stephen colpert would have something else to say mm-hmm. with his you know 25 harvard educated writers <laughs> on his staff but i think that it's easy to you know it's I mean, how easy is it to just joke about Nancy Pelosi and, and Donald Trump and, you know, Adam Schiff? I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, Adam Schiff came on the TV the other night and I have this kid, he's 33, but a really close friend of mine, he rents a room for me. 
And I said, man, you see that military guy? You know that military guy? I don't know if you watched it, but they showed the military guys. And these guys just like freaking central casting. I'm like, that dude, those dudes are the dudes I want coming in if they're shooting at me. And I said, as opposed to that Adam Schiff, I mean, I wouldn't want him, you know, driving my Uber. (laughs) So, I mean, it's really, I think it's easy. Yeah. You know, so I just, yeah, yeah. And also... I, I I I I think it's all. I have an idea about politics, and I think to have a hundred and fifty people come into Tunbridge Friday and Saturday, two hundred night, mm-hmm. and to have those poor suckers sitting there and me telling Trump jokes, I should be. I would just have to give their money back. I think mm-hmm. it's just disgusting. It's, it's, it's a situation that's not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair, totally fair enough. <laughs> This is Debo Maluji, and you are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus. So with each town, I, you know, I, I get involved with the uh, people. So West Rutland, I hired a kid years ago to play in the variety shows named Zach Trapanier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's like six years out of school now, so I'm going to West Rutland. I got in touch with his mom. I got in touch with him. He was great. He's going to play sax in the show. Nice. I went down. I put my posters up down there. I went down and met the town manager mm-hmm. and the town other guy in there, and they're great, and they're helping me sell the show. And um, I offered them to make money for the food show. So each – once I book each place, it takes a time. It's like you're you – know, so – 30 of those for a year, yeah. you would understand oh, yeah. better than most people the producing of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, the actual time that you're writing, you think about it a lot, and then all of a sudden you just sit down and bang, you know, then you have to go over it four or five times. But the actual time you're, the actual time I'm on stage is infinitesimal compared to the time I put into it. Right. So there is, there is that. I'm doing that all year, and I'll probably do that for another couple of years anyway. Oh, would I like to write another book? Yeah, but not not enough that I'm actually writing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that what to to do a you, this book would be kind of autobiographical, which all my stuff is kind of. But it wouldn't be like in I was born in 1960. You know, it'd be like different yeah. chapters on different you know the New York stuff, the TV, the movies, the, mm-hmm. the college basketball. But I haven't come to the point yet where I said I'm going to do that because for me to do that, literally, you know this better than anyone that's a two-year mm-hmm. that's basically all i do mm-hmm. you know i mean up at you know four hours a day writing come back another hour and a half and then i have to do my other stuff so so that's still in the background um but that's about it and then getting better at the guitar mm-hmm. doing different types of productions here and there i just got called to do a i do auctions to do an auction this summer in july mm-hmm. there's there's private shows so all of that makes it a, a one-man show mm-hmm. and a one-man business. You know, people say, what do you do all day? I say, well, mm-hmm. I, I do it all myself, which makes it a business. Now, if I was just the guy that came up with the jokes, practiced them, and said them, mm-hmm. no, that would not be a full-time job. Right. But the fact that I do the rest of it is – but I have nothing outstanding like, oh, I'm going to come out with a book about you know murder mystery and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Nothing, nothing like that on the left. What it is, I have this thought, and people seem to like it. What it is, is it's, and it's the same with your job. 
you know, these days living here, uh, you have the people that make the cheese and, and the smugglers notch distillery is a great advertiser of my, and you have the wine people and the beer and I love them. Jen and John Kimmick up at the alchemist. And, yeah. and uh, you know, the little girls making the muffins and the guys making the donuts and they sell them. Yeah. So, so it's, it's all this great boutique Vermont, Vermont. We love each other. We love our, our, we love Vermont. We sort of pat ourselves on the back. We're all proud and it's all farm to table and this, mm-hmm. well, what, what the tiny town hall tour thing is, it's always been, but now I can go out and say, look, this is, I, I practice my stuff mostly in my barn. It's barn to theater. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a boutique, small business that is serving mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were, if you were, if you were selling your cupcakes by going to a town at a time, mm-hmm. or you bring your syrup to West Rutland for one night mm-hmm. and you sell a hundred to 170 people mm-hmm. that's what i'm doing right so it's it's really in in the in the pocket mm-hmm. of this whole vermont thing but the the main you, people don't i don't want people looking at me when they're in the audience going you know what he does to do all this he sits around he's got to call this guy he's got to do this He's got to worry that he's sick. He's got to stay in bed for two days, and he's, you know, he's got 180 people coming, and then he's going to have to tell them not to come at Friday and Saturday down in Tunbridge. He's got the seventh grade class. Are they going to be there? Because mm. he's giving them money. Because, you know, they, I don't want them thinking that. But it is the same as all these other businesses that are out there crying the blues and how hard it is. Oh yeah. Other uh, little businesses. So, so that's. But it's easier than me having to fill up the big, big, huge theaters. Uh, you know, and uh, and it's kind of more fun. It does change the creative on it too. Mm-hmm. It's much more of a, a we're around the living room thing. Right. You know, it uses the town halls. No amplification. I kind of play on that. Mm-hmm. I show the people. I, I play a D a D string. I hit my D string, and it just goes on forever. And I, I say, I say, now see, next time you guys are in this hall, and there's a band in here, and they're not wrong. But they have their amplifiers and they're turned up and cranked up. Mm-hmm. You can sit there and go, you know, we heard Rusty Deweese's D-string for about a minute and a half. Fine with that thought. <laughs> so, so I'm just trying to get back. Uh, at this point, yeah. I'm a little older and get back to the old way of, of thinking of things. Yeah. Last spring, I did North Hero, Milton, and Richmond, and it went good. I, you know, like just you said, I wanted to see if the model worked. Mm-hmm. That is, if I go to Milton. Mm-hmm. And I run four ads in the Milton Independent. Right. Will enough people know about it that enough people will come mm-hmm. that it'll be worth it? Not mm-hmm. just money wise, but you know, be worth it that they'll be and it did. So mm-hmm. so now I'm doing it. But um but this is the first time so with this tiny town hall tour, I am now seeing Facebook and Instagram working really quite well. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook Facebook lives. Right. Here heretofore I don't think it was uh, I wasn't doing it as much, but now I kind of do it, and especially with the tiny town hall tour. If you guys that you just did that show, if you knew you were doing that same show mm-hmm. that you did last weekend yeah. for the next three years, right. you would know that just keeping a steady buzz about that out there right. is going to just come around because the person who's in, you know, Milton's going to tell their cousin who's in freaking Jamaica, Vermont, that right. hey, Rusty's going around sooner <laughs> or later. So I think. That, yeah. that present. So I do put, I, I am concentrating more on that and it's pretty easy, and, mm-hmm. but it, but it is more time now too. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, that's it. And uh, lastly, um, I want to ask the logger, what is the logger 
do when he has a cold? Is there a particular cold remedy that uh, involves maple syrup and uh, <laughs> Vermont whiskey or anything? Or <laughs> well, no, I mean, I don't even drink. Uh, uh, the, the, the Vermont lager, that's where... <laughs> He, that's where the the lager crosses with the real rusty, and that's <laughs> I don't drink and never did. But mm. I have I have the thing about no 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 medicine and shit mm. because I think it's just masking it and it's mm. not really if if it, if you know someone said take this stuff right. and you'll be better I would but so I really I'm not just saying this I really don't take stuff mm. and I literally being self-employed. Unless it's on a weekend, and I've been lucky. I've had to postpone two shows mm. in 23 years, and I did make them up. But wow. uh, if I if I go down during the week like I did, mm. then that's good. I, I can literally call anybody up and say, I won't be by, man. I just got to get rested up for the weekend. And right. usually, so that's that's what I do. I just don't do anything. And today I'm going to start picking up the guitar again. Mm -hmm. I'm behind where I want to be for preparation. I would have liked to have been running my show the last two or three nights, but mm -hmm. I'll be, I'll, I'll be up to par when I get there Friday night. So uh, yeah, just rest and, uh, and, the, and the water. Yep. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate your All time. Right. It's good talking to you. All right. George. Yeah. Thanks. See you. All right. Bye. Yep. You are listening to major prelude and minor mishaps brought to you by the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier times Argus.